0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 124 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those <coughs> people that have to sneeze.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was coming. Man. <laughs> oh, man. I saw that, man. That wasn't just coming. That was breathing hard, dude. Oh,
0: shit. I mean, I, I was it's like, I, I'm like, I'm going to try to hold it. I'm going to try to hold it. It didn't make nope.
1: it. Nope. Dude, you were destined for failure right from the I, first I fucking twitch.
0: Well, it it is the podcast when we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am the Raz He is the Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the internet. And why is my screen still messed up? There we go. Come on. Okay, Buck. (laughs) Uh, So I, I got something like breaking news almost today. So uh, we, we, we know we record the two episodes. So we got everything all keyed up. I got all the stories lined up for all the different uh, shows we're going to do. But I I got something from a friend of the show very
1: last minute.
0: Guido Finelli.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what, man. Guido Finelli, man. I want to put the F word be- first in your last name, but we don't know each other that but just know that if i meet you in person phone call whatever 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 i'm gonna ask you for permission i'm gonna be like dude can i call you guido effing Finelli? <laughs> like you're the best you're you're just the best so guido if and when you listen just know that that's coming
0: yes guido is, is for those of you that are uninitiated uh guido Finelli is the owner of rentahitman.com this is a satire website where people actually try to hire a hitman because they are that stupid. And he, he, he ends up working very closely with law enforcement. Uh, he's got contacts with the FBI he works with and actually gets these people arrested. Uh, and, you know, he, he saved tons of lives. Well, here's what I just got from Guido. Ever wake up and just have a feeling something crazy is going to happen today? I had that feeling yesterday morning. This is actually not yesterday morning. This is Thursday morning. (laughs) On Thursday morning, the website received a service request from a female subject on the East Coast. The individual voluntarily provided her real name, phone number, and two physical addresses on the contact portion of the form. She also provided an unverified email address. One can only assume she is a firm believer in HIPAA, Hitman Information Privacy and Protection Act of 1964. (laughs) And felt comfortable providing her personal information, which was easily verifiable. I should mention that whenever a service request is received, it captures the submitter's IP address and geolocation data. Technology! Uh, She was also cognizant enough to provide a safe word and explain that she had a beef with a district attorney who was too lenient on criminals and convictions. She felt that in order to resolve it, she would resort to having the DA kidnapped and murdered. She even added that she wanted a, quote, bullet to the head, end quote, of her target. Following strict HIPAA protocol, I responded to her request and asked if she still required our services and wanted to have a field operative contact her for a free consultation. Unfortunately, her email bounced back due to an error with the email address. After a few short minutes, I was able to verify her identity as well as her aliases and past addresses. After all, she gave me all the details. <laughs> After a few short minutes, I was able to verify her identity as well. I just read that. Uh, Fearing for the safety and well-being of the district attorney, I reached out to the jurisdiction to speak with an investigator. After a brief explanation and sharing a couple of the PDF documents, the investigation was underway. An hour later, the investigator reached back out to me to provide an update of sorts. He mentioned that this was a priority case and indicated that he was obtaining warrants, one for the phone carrier and the second for an arrest warrant for the solicitor. He also had a game, uh, game plan and was going to meet with her and act as a field operative to develop the case. It's been several hours since reporting this, and I don't expect much to happen over the next day or so, but I'll keep you posted on updates as soon as I obtain them. It's not every day that you get to save the life of a district attorney. I wonder what tomorrow will bring.
1: <laughs> I love
0: Guido, man.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I want a t-shirt that says Guido Fanelli on it. Like, that's just... I'm telling he, you, he actually
0: does. Sell, guy... He actually does sell T-shirts. But... Oops, he actually does sell T-shirts.
1: <laughs> ah, yeah. ah, you might see the Hitman shirt on the video ver- version of the podcast here soon. I know, right? <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you what, man! Like, what a true champion among among. Well, I don't want to say among the masses. As you know the masses aren't quite it's, that dumb. If you actually look at it's this more website, of... it's it, it's
0: it's it's amazing to me how many people fall for this. Because it is completely satire. If you look at it, it is like not even just a cursory read of it. We'd be like, oh, this is this is a joke. But people still fall for it on a regular basis, Buck. It's not even like it's a, like a here and then thing. It happens all the time. And he's got more. He's got hundreds of these that go on. And he, you know it. It, it, I, we've talked about it so many times with Rana Hitman, but it comes back to the whole concept of the junk email. You make the, the email so stupid that somebody that falls for it is the stupid person that's going to send you the, the, the gift card information or whatever, thinking that they're some kind of related to a Saudi prince or something of that nature. But, you know... It could happen. Just to do the sheer fact of how much traffic he gets and how many... How many of these cases he has? It just goes to show you that's got to be a small percentage of the people out there actually try to hire an assassin or hire a hitman in, in this day and age. It's kind of sad. It's actually a lot sad, not kind of just a lot sad.
1: It, it is a lot sad, but at least we got somebody like Guido who's like, you know, acting as the uh, the gutter blocker in the bowling alley of life. You know, it's sad. Eh, it's just nice to see that somebody's like, "Eh, I'll do something about this." Like, I got, I got, I got something for this. Yeah, and you know, I- talk about raising awareness and a and a dastardly psa at the same. Yeah, you know, and and you know, I'm gonna have to sit here and lick my wounds a little bit because I really thought that my lineage had me as a Nigerian prince. I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to babysit that for a while, man. Tell me that's a joke. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, Buck, we're going to move on. Guido, we love you. Uh, next is coming from Mike.com. We, we're we going to talk about something a little sad here. Uh, Uvled I can't pronounce it right. Ouvled cops allegedly tried to strong-arm a mother in the silence, and it didn't work. You know what this place is. This is where we had that school shooting uh, a couple weeks ago at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, and the, the police department's really under fire down there because they just sat outside. They wouldn't go in. Uh, And that is contrary, and I can tell you this because I taught this class, that is contrary to every active shooter scenario being taught since Columbine. Uh, What typically the the training, and I can tell you this as a very matter-of-factly, the training that goes into uh, active shooter scenarios with law enforcement is whoever's the first one on scene is to go directly towards the shooter and put as much pressure on them as possible. Because typically what ends up happening uh, 75% of the time is they end up turning the gun themselves and that's the end of it. Uh, just by putting that pressure on them, but also by putting pressure on, them, they're not allowed, they're, they're not able to continue on their rampage. So that that's what the training is. But instead, this, this police department all decided to sit outside, and they're they're trying to put all the blame on the police chief, which you know probably rightly so. But uh, at a certain point, you have to tell yourself, self, screw him, I'm going in. And they didn't. So, but uh, one interesting thing happened out of that whole story too, actually. Uh, there was an individ- two individuals that uh, parents that bust into the school and uh, rescued their own kids. One of them was Angeli and I say Angelie because that's the way it's spelled: A N G E L I. Angeli Anjali Gomez. Uh, She's a mother who was handcuffed by law enforcement officials during the recent massacre at Robb Elementary uh, School, broke her silence about the incident last week, telling her her heart-wrenching story to CBS News, despite threats from local police seemingly intent to intimidate her into silence. Upon arriving at school after hearing news of the still ongoing shooting, Gomez claimed a U.S. Marshal briefly handcuffed her and insinuated further consequences, saying, we're going to have you arrested because you're being uncooperative. The Marshal said, uh, Service has denied handcuffing anyone at the scene, saying instead that their officers maintained order and peace in the midst of grief-stricken community that was gathering around the school. Okay. Uh, I said, well, you're going to have to arrest me because I'm going in there. And I'm telling you right now, I don't see none of y'all in there. Y'all are just standing with snipers and y'all are far away. If you don't get in there, I'm going in there, Gomez told CBS News. After she was released by law enforcement, Gomez ran into the elementary school herself and rescued her two sons from their classrooms. Several days after the massacre, Gomez says she received a phone call from an unnamed police official who told her if she continued to speak to the press about her experiences at the school, she would be charged with obstruction of justice in violation of her decades-old probation agreement. Uh, The threat implied was clear until her probationary judge shortened the term of her agreement and heralded her for bravery in saving her children speaking with c v s news a visibly distraught Gomez grew even more emotional when talking about uh what could have been done differently during the school shooting. They could have saved many more lives. they could have gone into the classroom and maybe two or three uh would have uh, would have been gone maybe two or three would have been gone, but they could have saved the whole maybe more the whole class so yeah <laughs> everyone's trying to blame the chief uh, on this and the officers are out there trying to say that we wanted to go in but the the chief wouldn't let us uh, uh, I'm not buying it I'm not buying it uh you know I've when I when I worked for uh the state I taught active shooter scenarios I a lot of times when we do these we go to we'd actually go to schools and do them at night uh but I was usually the terrorist I was usually the shooter and we would uh, go in there and, you know, I, I smoked many a cop. <laughs> but um, it, it was important to have that kind of training to show, you know, how we're going to do this. And so the, the local law enforcement could get a a, um, a, a feel for the inside the school because you'd be surprised how often they don't know. And schools are kind of confusing sometimes the way they're built. But, you know, the, the, the training that is nationally recognized is you put pressure on the shooter. You don't just sit outside. <laughs> Um, if it becomes a hostage scenario, different, different, different thing entirely. And that's what they're trying to say is, oh, we thought it was a hostage scenario. You can hear the gunshots. You're full mm-hmm. of shit. You're lying. You're trying to cover your yeah. ass. But the fact that, yeah. you know, that, uh, yes, they should have stopped her from going in. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, the, the whole concept of then calling and saying, if you don't shut up, we're going to charge you give me a break you fucked up eat it
1: (laughs) yeah that's about the stink of it man like there's a shit sandwich here that's got to get chewed up and you're the only one who's gonna be able to do it and what do they do (laughs) fucking going around like strong-arming people like what the fuck is that you're gonna get caught people are gonna know what you're doing like we live in the 21st century man People don't just sit there and shake and get afraid of shit like this. They, they make a Facebook post. You get on TikTok. Say, I'm gonna make a TikTok. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, like, then she got that phone call, hung up the phone, and the first thing she did was probably make a video, a post, call her sister. Like, she did. She was not quiet about that for long. Yeah, and, and she shouldn't have been.
0: If you ever see someone who's charged purely with uh, obstruction or. Um. Uh, oh, uh. What's the other one that's the catch-all? Um,
1: I'm, Perjury. No. No. God, no. Perjury's legit. <laughs> uh, obstruction, hey, man. I'm, I'm. I'm just going by like what I've seen on TV, man. Obstruction.
0: Yeah. Obstruction's a big one. Um, I like to call that charge a uh, contempt of cop. Uh, because if you ever see somebody with, charged with purely resisting arrest and nothing else. Or you see somebody charged with, um, uh, God dang it! I am like completely losing my
1: mind. Obstruction, right?
0: obstruction, obstruction. If with obstruction, it's because they pissed the cop off, and nothing more. There, if there's no underlying charge, then it, the resisting arrest one, when it's just purely re- no other charge, just resisting arrest, really irks me because there is no there's no underlying charge. What, of course, you're just trying to. Uh, arrest me for no reason why wouldn't i resist and you know the, the definition of resisting arrest could just be you saying no i'm not going to let you arrest me right now well you just resisted arrest i don't yeah
1: yeah i can see most judges looking at that and being like resisting arrest and no no most judges will say okay 30 days
0: whatever you know they'll, they'll...
1: well i'm I'm not saying they side. I'm not saying they they, they they throw out the case. They're probably just looking at it like, God, you're reaching at straws here, buddy. Like, give me something else. Like, I can't have too many of these on the here. Like, ah. Uh, no, man. It, resisting arrest. It's contempt of uh, cop. That's what it man. is. It's a
0: contempt of cop charge
1: yeah uh, that's just it's and just I'm saying this say as a itself. cop
0: I, I've never once did that I want to point that out <laughs> okay uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our second half okay Buck we're back with a second half here and we're going to go right to a, a story that should be near and dear to your heart and this is coming from wgal.com back on our old stomping grounds a traveler flew to north carolina with 23 pounds of cocaine hidden in his wheelchair how much cocaine could you hide in your wheelchair buck
1: not very much i've got there's not a there's not a lot of storage room in this <laughs> they're, well they're just not you know i you know the the functional storage space has been eaten up by Technological advances like being able to elevate and putting my legs up and shit. I don't care about storing shit. Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, uh, of course, we're going to tell the story that, you know, back when you and I both worked for the Department of Corrections. Um, but we're going to get to there in a minute. A traveler arrived in Charlotte, North Carolina with a motorized wheelchair and a secret cargo hidden in his cushions 23 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> the passenger arrived on Tuesday at Charlotte Douglas International airport from the Dominican Republic, according to a news release from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. I'm going to sneeze again. Oy. Bloody trees, man. They're driving me nuts. Uh, A CBP officer explained that the chair discovered in the chair, they examined, they discovered packages full of cocaine hidden within the seat's cushions. Uh, There were a total of four packages weighing in at 23 pounds, with an estimated street value of $378,000. The seizure demonstrates the dynamic border environment in which CBP officers operate at CLT. Stop with the fucking abbreviations, Jesus. Uh, CBP also uh, area Air, area port director at Charlotte. In the news release, our officers are determined to adapt and respond to these threats in an effort to stop narcotics from reaching our community. So this is a, this is a basically just a press release. Them patting themselves on the back, saying, "We got them." <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> twenty
0: three pounds is is kind of a lot, and if you have any kind of drug detection, you're gonna find twenty three pounds of cocaine.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter where it's hidden, and I'll tell you what. Quite frankly, that's the first place that any good cop should check. Like if I like, I never get offended when a cop wants to. Like when I'm going not a cop per se, I went into a courthouse once and they did an abysmal search. They just looked at me and they were like, uh eh. Go ahead. I was <laughs> like, no, 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 Like, I was like, are you sure you don't want to search me? They were like, no, no, you you go right ahead. I was like, okie dokie. Okie dokie on a joke. I was like, that's just, I actually felt like kind of unsafe. I'm like, man, this chair could start ticking. Like, you have no idea. Like, why wouldn't you check this? Perfect place. This is the last place that anybody would suspect. <laughs> there could be Walter Whiting you. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, like, dude, you know, I'm an American citizen, and it's just as much my responsibility as it is anyone else's to play by the rules of the frickin' social sandbox. And if I'm going to a place that requires searches, I'm sorry. I'm subject to fucking search just like everybody else. You know so them finding something in a guy's wheelchair I mean like dude like it, it's the equivalent of saying I found 23 pounds of cocaine in a stupid person's backpack <laughs> like like okay like no and you know I just it's just like you have to and I'm speaking from the eyes of a handicapped person Like, that's where I would scale being handicapped and and conducting this kind of heist. I believe that a person of lower than average intelligence with a backpack would be equally as capable of smuggling 23 pounds of anything and getting fucking caught. Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, look at this barrel, Raz. All these fish in this barrel. Let me see your gun. I'm just going to have me a fucking fish here. Bang. Yeah, I'm an angler and a half.
0: So, but nah, what,
1: nah, 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 nah.
0: Was it was it you that found the tobacco
1: in the uh, in the wheelchair? Yeah.
0: No, I, I just no. remember it happening. I, I remember it happening. I'm not sure who found it. Uh, it wasn't us. Apparently. Gus.
1: It was. It, um, it, I'll tell you his nickname. It was Gus. Oh,
0: really. I mean, he was yes. he, he was kind of a dick, so he probably did pretty
1: do yes, it. Yes, he was. He probably did. Yes, probably did, he, he was. He
0: probably did a pretty thorough search. But it, it, what, ha- what happened I'm was... I'm
1: sitting here. I remember.
0: We had a guy who was sentenced to our work release program. He was sentenced to the program. He didn't, like, apply for it or anything. He got sentenced to the program. And he went out for a visit. And when he came back, the entire seat cushion of his wheelchair had been removed and replaced with loose tobacco. I mean, I, it was a, a tremendous amount. They actually put it in a trash bag. I remember that they had a small, like, like, waste can trash bag full of tobacco. It was ridiculous the amount of tobacco this guy smuggled in. And you know, I, I don't think we actually had like, different charges for amounts, but he so he got charged with introducing contraband into a secure facility, the same as somebody who just brought in a single cigarette. <laughs> but, you know what? But he did. So... Get, but he did get taken out of work release. Thank God. <laughs>
1: Again, I'm not going to sit here and pat Gus on the back like too, too much. No. Like, yeah, great job. But how many people – but
0: but in all seriousness, how many people actually would have said, I'm not fucking with the guy in the wheelchair because they didn't want to get accused of you know, uh, some
1: kind of ADA violation or something? Truth, truth, 100%. I remember the man that you're speaking of, and I actually know his first and last name. I remember him that vividly. He but, was, you know, all 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 things aside, he was actually a pretty pretty nice fella. You know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that we were friends, but he he and I spoke, you know, on uh, you know, on good terms. And I'll tell you what, right now, man, you know, I, I just, you know, that guy, I'm not surprised he got caught. I'm just not surprised he no, got caught. He, he
0: wasn't a he wasn't a swift one, but. You know this is the, it's the same concept it was i there was a we had a midget i mean he'll tell you he was a midget you know he, he was <laughs> um
1: oh i love that guy man i remember his
0: name too i remember his name too uh because he filed a grievance on me <laughs> because we went into the strip room because everybody that came back in had to get strip searched and he uh just stood there he just sat down i'm like what are you doing he's like we're actually doing this i'm like apparently nobody ever strip searched this cat they just let it just let him go (laughs) because they didn't want to do it i i
1: did i did
0: not only not not only did i make him strip but since he apparently had played this game before and was expecting not to be i did a thorough one so much so that i actually made him stand on the bench when he lifted his penis and when he lifted his testicles because I was not getting down on my hands and knees to look under his balls. So I made him stand on a stool.
1: (laughs) And he filed a grievance on me. (laughs) I remember that too. I actually do remember that quite vividly. Yep. 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 Oh my. You know what? I really loved it when inmates would file grievances on you. And then they look at me and be like, "Hey, man, can you co-sign that Lynch?" I'm like,
0: go no. for it. Go for it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I like you file whatever. Like, I'm not going to tell you you can't file paperwork. That's that's disgusting. If you have a complaint, lodge it. But if you and and if you were in the wrong, I'd I'd stand against him. But you know, I you apparently don't know how good of friends <laughs> that man and I are. Like, not only am I not going to co-sign it, I actually have to like put ink to paper over this. Like, you really screwed up, like really, really bad. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Ah, <sighs> oh. uh, either way. Yeah, just people. So, you know, guy, guys, guys riding around with twenty pounds of coke. It's a lot of coke. Of I mean, that's a lot of coke. <laughs> you know, did I tell you the story about the uh, the meth that I had the other day?
0: That's a, a horrible. Yes. Sent- that's a horrible sentence to say out loud. I got called to work. Now I'm not in law enforcement anymore. I'm not. I'm, I'm in a risk management type of role, and I got called to work. And I, I walked into the office, and I thought it was a receptionist that had called me, and she had said that uh, somebody dropped something, and we don't know what it is, and it's in a bag. And I'm like, what? And she goes, well, we don't know what it is, and we we don't want to look in it. The whole time, you know, call the police. Not my problem. But I I got called in on my day off to go look in this bag. Well, I thought it was a receptionist, and it it wasn't, because I got there. I'm like, where is it? And she's like, what are you talking about? I go, you didn't call me? No. So I had to go around to all the administrative assistants in the building and say, did you call me? And I finally get to the very last one, the one that I would never suspect would call me because she does not care for my presence. But she did. And uh, I walked in. She goes, oh, good, you're here. And she ha- puts her hand out. And I, I stupid me, I put my hand out and she hands it to me. And I look at it. I see what it is. Cause it's in a clear plastic bag. It's not that, like they were didn't know what was in the damn thing. And I just turned and walked out, started walking out of the room. And her and... Uh, a code enforcement officer and two building inspectors and a director. They're all like, well, what is it? I go, it's fucking crystal meth. What do you think it is? I mean, Jesus Christ, it was a quarter ounce of crystal meth. <laughs> and, you know, I, I called one of my police officers that I, I'm on I'm, I'm good terms with and I said, hey, do you, can you come over to the building? And he's like, why? Just, just come over. And as soon as he walks in the door, I go, you got a test kit? <laughs> he goes why and I handed it to him and he looks at it and he goes that's crystal meth I go no shit it's crystal meth get it the hell out of here and uh, you know, he's like later on him and another one that I'm, I'm close with he's like why didn't you just destroy it you know how much paperwork this is for us and I said I would have if half the damn building didn't know I was walking around with a quarter ounce of crystal meth <laughs> I needed somebody else to destroy that <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know what the funny yeah. thing is the, yeah. guy, the guy
0: the guy was coming in to apply so we could get a grow license for starting a marijuana facility.
1: <laughs> did they issue it? Uh, no. <laughs> hey man, we we live in a capitalist world. It wouldn't surprise me if it did get issued. That's why I asked. I was like, hmm, did they issue that? Eh, they did not in this case. <laughs>
0: Okay, Buck, let's talk about this story from popcrush.com. A 30-year-old man is distraught after judge rules that he must move out of his parents' house. (laughs) We've actually heard about this guy in the past. This legal battle has been going on for a few years. They don't really mention it too much in the story, but as soon as I saw this dude's picture, I was like, we've done this before. Uh, so this is what the story is and hopefully Buck will reconnect here in a minute because we've lost him but I'm going to keep going a 30 year old man is feeling unprepared for the real world after multiple eviction attempts resulted in a judge ordering him to vacate his parents house a judge in Syracuse, New York uh, ordered Michael Rotondo to move out of his parents home after the man refused to leave despite receiving five written eviction notices over several months Christina and Mark Rotondo claim their son, Michael, does not contribute to the family expenses, refuses to help with chores, and snubs the idea of leaving to make a life for himself. After the eviction notices were ignored, the couple had no other option but to take their son to court. According to HLN CNN's sister network, uh, Michael told the judge that he was aware his family wants him to move, but he is unable to establish a home for himself. I don't like living there," Michael said. "I'm getting uh, together the means to do that. With my parents, they want me out right away, and that's not really, and I'm, and they're not really interested in providing reasonable time. And the court sided with them, as it seems. <laughs> Christina and Mark reportedly began warning their son that his stay would become coming to an end in February, but Michael dismissed each uh, of their written written uh, eviction requests. Uh, The parents also offered to help him secure a new place to live and give him $1,100 to cushion to help to help get him started. Since Michael continued to refuse his parents' exit strategy, they were forced to take their son to court. Michael asked the judge to dismiss the request, claiming that he had, quote, never been expected to contribute to the household expenses or assist with chores and maintain maintenance of the premises, end quote. Uh Michael also claimed the situation was simply a component of his living agreement according to filings obtained by CNN's affiliate WSTM. After both party, after hearing both parties, the judge ruled that it he did not rule in favor of Michael. Damn. <laughs> the New York State Supreme Court judge Donald Greenwood discussed with Michael's uh, appeal saying, "I'm granting the eviction. I think the notice is sufficient." Uh After court, Michael met with reporters and called the ruling ridiculous, sharing his plans to appeal. It seems to me like they should be providing with, you know, 30 days or so, because generally you get 30 days after you're found, you know, to have to vacate the premises, you know. (laughs) Michael said as he reported by CNN. So I'm expecting something like that. But realistically, if that's not the case, I don't know. Michael also told HLN that he is not sure why he's being asked to leave so quickly due to the eviction his relationship with his family has suffered well no shit <laughs> I, I really don't know how, I really I don't really hope to reconcile I really want to get this out of the situation he, he's I don't this is either bad quotes or bad typing I'm not sure which uh, he expects to be able to move within the next three
1: months so what world do we live in man? what world do we live in we got a guy who th- we got a girl who thinks they hitman on an on a, on a website. And then we got this guy. It's just disgusting entitlement. You know, and his parents, you know, those are some good freaking parents. You, you know, say not so. only do we No, want- no, no, no.
0: Are they really good parents that they allowed this to go on until he's 30 years old?
1: No, no, no. I'm just talking about nice parents. I'm not talking Good okay. parenting. I'm just talking about nice parenting. Sorry, you know. Let me let me let me back myself up out of that corner a little bit here. What nice freaking people! I want you out of my house. I'm going to give you ample time to do it, and I'll even give you money to get started somewhere on your own. Like, here's everything you need, baby bird. You will either fly or fall. Like, and they're giving this kid everything he needs. I say kid, 30-year-old man-child, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know, there are situations in life where where you may find yourself having to rely on family for, for a place to live because you're genuinely down on your dumps or down on your luck or something like that. And, you know, that, that shit really happens. No, no frowning upon that. But this, this isn't that. This is not that. This is... Is somebody cannot stop playing World of Warcraft. That's that's it, man. That's it. You know what 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 you know how how can you not afford to be like sorry, you know, dude, I'm sorry, dude. Living I'm gonna, at your parents' house rent free. I'm gonna say
0: something here. You know, you're 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 kind of like given the stereotypical like uh this guy's a a cellar dweller. Um dude I'm surrounded by anime posters, figures, and Gundam models right now.
1: <laughs> just be- you just, know what? Just
0: because you can't stop playing World of Warcraft doesn't mean you can't be a productive member of society.
1: <laughs> hey, that, that, l- listen, man, I'm not I'm not throwing shade at you. You're you're completely you're a more than productive member look, of society. Look what Buck got and me for don't... my birthday. Okay, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, man. But to, like, seriously, think about it. Think about it, man. Like, this is a cellar dweller. But this yeah. is what this is. This is what we've got here. You know, point fun at the stereotype all you want. This is why we have the stereotype. Like, this is why we have that stereotype. This is why we had that episode I, like, of South Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's just. He doesn't want to take the time to learn how to do anything else other than mash his buttons, level the fuck up, and say "Welcome to wherever. May I take your order?" That's what this guy does. And now he's got to go. His parents are fucking tired of it, you know. And shame on mom and dad for letting it go this long. Kind of like Raz said earlier. You know, and I, 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 I legit, and now, I legit dread
0: the concept of my children leaving. You know, and and they're not they're not close to that age yet, but I, I'm not looking forward to that day. Like I'm really not. I don't. Yeah, I want my kids to stay around, but there's going to be a point where there's like, okay, you little asshole,
1: <laughs> it's time for you yeah. to spread your wings and fly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like there's going to come a day where Raz is like, bye. Yeah, and, and and it's not even about loving or not loving your kids. It's about they need to do this this it's part a circle of life and if this is happening and you've let your child live till 30 like this you've kind of set that kid up for failure like we should have had a talk somewhere in the teenage years about work ethic you know responsible decision making you know being an avid practitioner of your hobbies without letting them uh overtake your life. Like, these are all things that we we should have just started to ingrain real early in life, and they just kind of didn't, you know? Yeah.
0: All right, Buck, we're going to go to our last story for the day. This comes from CBS News. And I've actually seen this in several places. Um, Steve Lato actually covered this. Uh, if anybody looks looks at that, um, he's on YouTube. It's I think he also has a podcast. It's Lato's Law. Uh, it's one of my favorites that I listen to. Uh, but I usually watch it on the YouTube channel, and he covered this. And then I found the story, so I was, I'm glad I did find it because it's um, it's it's kind of it's kind of disgusting. Uh, and there's a lot of fuck ups here. Uh, man says he was wrongly jailed for 17 days after American Airlines falsely identified him as a burglary suspect. An Arizona man alleged, alleges this week that he was wrongfully jailed for 17 days after American Airlines falsely identified him as a burglary suspect to police. In his lawsuit, Michael Lowe said he endured more than two weeks of an unending nightmare in a New Mexico jail as a result of the airline's alleged actions. The alleged incident began on May 12th of 2020 when Lowe was flying from Flagstaff to Reno uh, with a layover in Dallas. During the layover, there was a burglary at a duty-free store in one of the the Dallas terminals. Uh, The police were able to trace the culprit into Lowe's uh, plane from Dallas to Reno, the lawsuit said. Now, it's saying burglary. Uh, It was shoplifting. Somebody stole an item, put it in their bag, and walked out. There saying it was burglary because it was an occupied structure, I guess, but it was was a business, so it never should have been charged as a burglary charge, unless it was over a certain amount, I suppose. But uh, what ended up happening from what I know from other news sources is somebody shoplifted from the store and got on the same plane as this cat. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. Uh, As a result of the lawsuit, uh, police obtained a search warrant ordering American Airlines to produce any and all records Uh, and travel data from the flight's passengers. Uh, The lawsuit said the affidavit from police described the suspect as tall and thin, white or Hispanic male with a short military-style haircut, black polo shirt, and blue jeans. Now, that is, again, not exactly what happened. American Airlines reached out to the police department that is stationed within uh, the terminal. Uh, Not the terminal, the the airport itself. They they, they reached out to the airport police, and they said, we got this happen. Here's, uh, here's, Here's the the facts and they gave them the wrong facts. Uh, the police asked for, you know for footage of everything and and the and the manifest for everybody on the plane. Well American Airlines instead instead of giving them the entirety of their manifest, they looked and did their own investigation and said, oh no, it's this guy it's this one this it's this guy right here. instead of giving them the entire manifest and all the footage, they just gave them the one that they thought was the right person. Uh, but instead of and again, here we're going to go into that. Per, instead of providing a list of names of all the passengers according to the law, so the airline uh, departed from its established procedures and gave them one name, Lowe's. Uh, the lawsuit said the airline's alleged decision to provide only one name involved an, an extreme degree of risk. This is especially true considering if they knew that it provided the name of a single individual, its response to the search warrant, instead of turning over the entire flight manifest as ordered, it was highly likely that the individual would be arrested and imprisoned. A lot of times you ask for the information, and then once you get it, then you get the search warrant so that you can make it admissible. So that's probably what happened, because that's the way I've heard it from a bunch of other news sources. But we don't know that for sure because it's being contradicted, so let's just go with that for now. Regardless, why did the detective say this is only one name? Why didn't he give the, you need to give me the whole manifest? Whatever. Uh, the lawsuit does not explain why the airline would only provide one name. American Airlines told CBS News, and uh, it is reviewing the lawsuit. The lawsuit said uh, felony and misdemeanor arrest warrants were then issued for Lowe as a result of the airline's actions, leading to his arrest more than a year later while he was vacationing in New Mexico on July 4, 2021. While incarcerated in a New Mexico jail for 17 days, Lowe experienced what the lawsuit called an unending nightmare. This suit described a uh, palpable sense of menace among the inmates he was housed with, saying that he lived in a constant state of fear of confrontation or abuse. It also said that he watched a young inmate get repeatedly punched in the face, faced a near-complete lack of sleep, and watched guards refuse to provide medical treatment to a vomiting inmate. Lowe was eventually released from jail and allowed to return home. And upon returning home, uh, the lawsuit said he uh, allowed himself to sob until he could no longer stand. Now, there's a lot left out of the story on this. For that 17 days he was in jail, they never once told him why he was incarcerated. They wouldn't even tell him the charges that were against him. When he went before the judge, the judge refused to discuss the matter with him since he didn't have an attorney and just asked him if he wanted to waive extradition so he could go to Texas and then he'd find out what the charges were when he got there. So in order to get out, he said, fine, I'll waive extradition, just we got to get out of this nightmare. So he waived extradition. Now, in that 17 day period, Something, something happened. (laughs) Uh, The charges against Lowe were eventually dismissed, but it is alleged the experience left him plagued with fear, nightmares, and anxiety, and has shaken his identity to the core and cast a pale over his view of the world. The lawsuit accuses the airlines of negligence, negligent undertaking, and gross neglect in providing Lowe's name to authorities, alleging the airline undertook a cursory and negligent investigation of its passengers and acted with uh, conscious indifference to the rights and safety of Mr. Lowe. American Airlines should have provided his entire manifest as ordered by the warrant or a list of all individuals who matched a certain description, all white males over 18 and under 65. American Airlines could have performed an adequate search to identify the correct suspect and provide the information to law enforcement. Instead, American Airlines conducted its own negligent investigation and wrongly identified Mr. Lowe as the single suspect to the DFW Airport PD felony investigation, which forcibly led to Mr. Lowe being arrested and imprisoned for a crime for which he was innocent. Now, you know, we have the, the description of the guy with the high and tight. This guy had dead gray hair. He was the wrong height and we're in different clothes and he's got longer hair. You know, he's got hair like bucks. So uh, any any person even looking at a cursory glance at the footage would say that's not the dude. Uh but it seems like everyone's putting everything on the airline here. I think the reason they're doing that's cuz the, the focus of the lawsuit is on the airline for two reasons. One, the airline has money. Uh, you're not, and and two, most police departments are going to fall on qualified immunity, and they're not going to be able to be held civilly liable. So you have a situation now where you, who who is he going to go after? Well, he's going to have to go after the airline to get some kind of recompense, and rightfully so. I mean, oh my god! I mean, it was a it was a shit detective. That's probably why he's working at the fucking airport, but. You know, the fact that they like, like some, it, 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 I can tell you what it was. I, I can, I can virtually guarantee you what it was is they have some security guard working for American airlines who thought he was going to be the one to break
1: the big case
0: because <laughs> he couldn't get a job as a real cop.
1: I think he had an application in the station and just wanted to make himself look good. You know,
0: that's probably right. He probably was applying to the police department. Cause that's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of guys do,
1: <laughs> but you know what? I, I what a what a dickweed man! Like, and of course, the airline should be sued. They were ordered, to, like, the, not only should they be sued by him civilly, they should be charged. They should be. Violate the they violated. Well, and then they violated a search a search warrant. the The, the police asked for the entire. Manifest, and, and they, you come back with one name. Yeah. and they thought and one they, name, and,
0: and the police thought, well wow, this makes our lives easy. We'll just charge this guy because they're sure they're American Airlines. They wouldn't lead us astray." No, you're a shit mm-hmm. detective, and that's why you work at the airport, yeah. asshole.
1: <laughs> yep, you fucked up, man. Yeah, that's like why. That's all why all sorts you,
0: of. That's why you work at the airport. All sorts.
1: Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I hope he sues American Airlines into oblivion. I really do. I mean, it, I think. If if somebody is not indoctrinated into the world of incarceration, it can be terrifying. It can be bloody terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people that work there. They're there one day and we never see them again.
1: So, I mean, That always cracked me up. <laughs> that always that always made me laugh.
0: Eh, that was... always made me laugh. It didn't really make me. No, laugh. no.
1: No, it made me laugh because you know what? Think about the dynamic you and I both had with our coworker, right? That guy who showed up for one day and never came back again, you probably never even spoke to him. But the second somebody new showed up at the fucking prison, man, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Always introducing myself, putting my best foot forward. That's just how I am. So these same guys who who are like, Oh, yeah, you know, blah, 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 you know, I'm so big and bad and I can do this job in my sleep. And then they don't even they don't even make it a full eight hour shift. They're like, what? I have to strip search another man I'm like, dude.
0: Well, no, once they realize they go into the housing units and they weren't like in a glass bubble somewhere. (laughs) Like, no, you're you're in there with like 40 some Uh, dudes and they don't none of them
1: like you. (laughs) By the way, in case you didn't pass basic math, 68 to one. Is terrible fucking odds. So perhaps you should do a checkup from the neck up and adjust your attitude. You know, just a little pro tip there. Indeed.
0: Well, Buck, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast here in season three. My God, season three! This is episode 124. But well, Buck, um, it's really amazing. But we did change up our Wednesday episodes. If you haven't listened yet, the last two weeks have been. Um, stories from Reddit of the uh, Am I an Asshole subreddit. And I think we're going to go with some choosing beggar stuff for this Wednesday. So make sure you listen to that and uh, give us some feedback on what you think about it. You can email us at socialliability at icloud.com. You can leave comments on our videos on YouTube. Just look look at the Social Liability podcast. Or you can leave comments on any of the um, on Anchor. anchor Anchor.fm. That's where our our podcast is hosted. It's part of Spotify. Uh, But No matter where you're listening, if you just like and subscribe, that helps. And if you could just tell a friend once in a while, hey, listen to these two idiots. They're on the Social Liability Podcast. And we would greatly appreciate anything you can do to help us get the word out. That being said, folks, I am the Raz. He is the Buck, wishing you all a happy and safe week. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Social Liability Podcast.